It is the act of giving away that tells your subconscious mind we have more than enough. And as you give, you receive multiplied. So I give away 10% of my income and therefore I know that I always have more and more income coming in. Yo, 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 everybody. I'm like really, really up on it today. Everything just feels so right. Like the universe aligns in in ways that make me question all of the worldly distractions around me. And I'm, I'm very much into the awareness is king mentality today. I'm starting to admire and, and really cherish kind of the hot seat moments, uh, the ones that get you all fluttered and angry. I don't know. I'm learning how to manage them better. One voice kind of in the back of my head, strongly fighting for the runaround to-do list bonanza, like the the world is going to end if I don't get these things done. And the other, well, that's this voice. And with that one, I'm aware that the moment is more important than anything else. And there are no outside shells, no disruptions, no stress gremlins, no to-do list to make me feel like I'm worthless. It, it is in the moment that we triumph, I, th- I think. And it's where the action happens. I believe it's where the, the tool set of creativity is utilized the most, right? It's where the master feeds the slave. In harmony, the moment is just mine. In harmony, the moment is yours. It's ours. And life is just too short to be unhappy. And I've utilized so many tools in the past to try to get me to where I am today, to bring my vision to reality, to do all these amazing things that I've been able to accomplish. And one of the amazing, amazing just balls of awesomeness, anchors for that, uh, the things that I've learned, the things that I've read, the resources that I've gone to, are a couple of books. One, Vision to Reality. And then a newer one, Prosperity for Writers. And these are both written by Honoré Corder. And reading the books alone aren't going to just change your life. You have to take action. You have to use these principles. And if you do, I promise you they will. If you actually create a vision and then look at the path to make it a reality and stick to it, you can accomplish it. If you would have asked me a year ago what I'd be doing right now, I would have laughed and thought probably the same thing. But the reality for me today is I'm out skis. I've peaced out. I've taken a step forward to to let the people at my work know that I will no longer be working there in the future. And that feels better than anything in the world. And I'm really pumped up to have Honoré Quarter on again today to wrap up 115 amazing episodes of the Entrepreneur Now with guests. Honoré has energy equal to mine, probably higher, 
what's amazing about her is she never went to college. She never got a degree, but she figured things out on her own. She didn't study writing, yet she is like a bazillion best-time, best-selling author. I mean, she has so many different books, and she's learned how to not only write and give people valuable information, but also to market and to sell and to change the world. And she is such a huge believer in just giving, giving, giving. I cannot say enough good things about her. So I want to jump right into this interview. If anybody out there wants to check out the show notes, please get on artsynow.com forward slash 115 and you can get all of that good stuff there. Honore really needs to be paid attention to. <laughs> and I, I again, I can't express enough how awesome she is. So with that being said, live your life as if you had to live the same life all over again. Break the rules, but first break the rulers. Every day is a bonus round, so slow down and enjoy something oh so beautiful. High achievers are significantly better at any particular skill because they practice the skill. And with practice can come prosperity. With dedication can come prosperity. Whether you're a writer, whether you're an actor, whether you're running around with your pants down and getting people to pay you for it. If you want to be prosperous, you have to put certain principles in place. And Honoré is the queen champion of teaching these principles. Uh, So hold on tight. Do a little boogie-woogie. Do a little booty shake. And here we go. Come on, everybody. Let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody. Let me hear that stickity stickity rickety dickity beat. Yeah. Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? Who wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, get on with your bad selves, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, short or tall, skinny or curvy, we love you all and I'm so figgity funkity piggity pumped up that you are here right now with me in my highly energetic, wildly magnetic, going to take over the world because she's dropping value bombs like a baller guest today. She's been here before and she's back for more. And I love her because when she writes, she writes like she speaks. And when she speaks, she speaks like a superhero. And she spits hot fire like Bowser, burning up all the haters, the fear originators, dropping craters in the past of the negative instigators. And you know, she's stickity stimulating our masterful minds. She's teaching writers how to prosper tickety time after time, all the way from Austin, Texas, Swinging in hot, a skidamarinkity-dinkity-dink, a skidamarinkity-doo-hoo, honore quarter, yoo-hoo, are the entrepreneur now. What is going on? Oh my gosh, more than I can say because I'm too busy laughing my beep off <laughs> at your <laughs> oh, intro. You have, one of those, you have one of those program beeps in? That's awesome. No, no. I was like, is this PG-13? Is it G? I don't no. know. <laughs> My girlfriend and I were having that discussion at lunch. It's like, do we say... Podcast is free for all, in my opinion. I think I've made or, some people mad before, though. Yeah, well, somebody said you, you will 
you might not offend someone if you swear, but you definitely won't offend them if you don't swear. So I kind of go, hmm. <laughs> I but I think sometimes I help it sometimes. Swear word will do. Yes, I was gonna. It, I, that's what I was saying. Sometimes only a really good juicy swear word will do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I've crossed a lot of <laughs> I've crossed a lot of boundaries in my life, and uh, there's some of those that you just can't can't get rid of. So it's all good. It's but, all good. Yeah, Honore, you're amazing. You were on before episode fifty-eight. Uh, Bring Your Vision to Reality, that book, Vision to Reality, has been a staple for getting me where I am today and so many others. Uh, I have not told anybody this, but I have mentioned to you that I did put my notice in at my job today, which is incredible. And you happen to be the first person that I really talked to since that happened. Uh, So thank you so much for that and everybody else that has played a role in that. Um, I I was at a point where I was super lost and confused. But I was fighting like a mofo and champion to bring the vision to life. And I have now. And it's just start, it just starts happening. It's weird how that happens. It just starts mm-hmm. happening. And then you're there. You like just arrive sometimes. I don't know. It's crazy. Yes. It's so cool. And I was already having a pretty amazing day. But that is <laughs> for an author, for a speaker, for a person who has a heart for people. And I'm all of those things. I am so humbled and honored by what you shared. That's really cool. Cause that's what we want to do. That's why we write the words and say the words. That's why and we encourage. fist pump. That's why we fist pump everybody. Yeah. And you, <laughs> you're like a, you're like a bazillion time bestseller and a champion and a public speaker and a coach and pretty much just a giant ball of awesome. And I, I think that all the information that you put into your books is super helpful in other aspects away from what you're writing for. These principles can be applied universally is what I'm saying because I've taken them and done it, especially with vision to reality and prosperity for writers. I haven't read any of the single mom books because I just I haven't been able to fit that mold yet. But I'm sure that you can pull some stuff out of those, too. Right. (laughs) That's what I've heard. Actually, I have heard that um, the reason I wrote the book, If Divorce is a Game, These are the Rules, is because a lot of people were reading the successful single mom that were neither moms nor women. (laughs) (laughs) Because they found the book somehow and picked it up and started reading it. And I wrote it from the coaching perspective. Get your life back in your game, right? So after any challenging circumstance, you need to get your life back in your game on. And I just happened to write to that demographic. Mm -hmm. But I recognized that I needed a book for men because they kept saying, I'm pretending the pink book book is blue and everywhere it says mom it says dad and then there were people saying i would have never read this book if someone hadn't said just forget that it's for women who are have children and read the book anyway so i wrote a book that is for either a man or a woman going through a divorce and needing that right so yes i tend to have i tend to take universal principles and fit them to the demographic or the focus area that i'm wanting to help in that moment I could, but they're yeah. universal i could see some really you know left out transgenders out there right now who are not not satisfied with this yet honore i said neither man nor woman i mean (laughs) (laughs) you covered you're right you did you did i got there's no Uh, judgment okay (laughs) i'm just just kidding if you're breathing and you can read english (laughs) and frankly spanish finnish lithuanian then you can my books so there you go (laughs) your your new book prosperity for writers is out so congratulations on that and i want to point something out in this for you this is exciting 
So I'm in Lexington, Kentucky, and there's nothing really exciting that happens here. But when I open up this book, and it says on the very back page, Made in the USA, Lexington, mm. Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So That's right. your book is now the most interesting thing to happen to this city. <laughs> so how do you feel about that, about that, Honoré? Um, I feel like then maybe there needs to be something else that happens there. <laughs> Why well, I gotta go? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. That's that's an exciting thing, and also makes me go hmm. <laughs> Horses and bourbon. And that's it. Yeah, that could be exciting yeah. in a lot of different ways. Uh, so. Yeah. So, well, bourbon. You combine some bourbon and some horses. There could be some real interesting <laughs> stuff. That it can goes also on. be a gigantic <laughs> distraction. <laughs> Depends on who you are. That's right. Yeah. So you you gave that some amazing coming. advice in our last interview. Uh, some of the best stuff that I, I can remember was, and I, I've written these down and I put this stuff, you know, all over my walls. Like I, you walk in my rooms and you think I'm crazy, wow. but no matter how successful you are, you will still have the voice of doubt running around. You've got to shut her mm-hmm. up because she's not accurate. Or for me, maybe you have to shut him up, but I like to think of it as a female too, because then I feel, you know, like I can dominate when. Then you can, yeah, you can blame her. <laughs> Say in reality, females probably run me. So then, when it's like imaginary, I feel like I'm in control. Uh, right. But th- here's the big one: write about what you know and write like you are talking to a friend. Mm-hmm. And you do this so well that your books can go by in like literally, it's like four or five hours, and you're like, oh, well, I finished that book. That was pretty quick. And there's so many books out there that that's not the case. Where like you're like, oh, when's this chapter going to end? You just have this amazing talent to write like you were talking to a friend. And I think it makes your book so damn friendly. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Well, here's the thing. I didn't, I never took a writing class. No one ever, I didn't ever learn how to write. And I didn't, um, I didn't miss it when I read or heard the advice somewhere in my lifetime, long before I started writing anything that said, write what you know, write what you know about. and then just write like you're having a conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. And so what's interesting is this big time editor of big time magazine. I was on the phone with her and I said, look, I'm a, I'm a lowercase W writer. I'm not a capital W writer. I didn't go to NYU journalism school. Right. I don't have a big fancy degree. And she goes, thank God. She said, <laughs> all those people have been homogenized and they've been taught that simple, straightforward language is not, pretentious enough (laughs) and to and so not that there's anything wrong with that she just didn't happen to like that as much as she liked my writing and I found solace and comfort in that so if there is anyone else out there like me who's more scrappy than educated (laughs) right and then you can write like you're writing and this is what I recommend to people write to an avatar and so an avatar is that one person that one profile of a person or that one person that represents who you're writing to. So if I'm writing, so writing prosperity for writers, my avatar has a name and has an age and has an experience level. Sometimes I write to my younger self and sometimes I write to a person and well, I never so you, really tell the you person. You detail with that. That's pretty interesting to write a book to that perspective because I see people saying, you know, model a business around this avatar, but writing a book to it makes perfect sense too. That's a good idea. Well, it helps to make decisions. If I'm giving advice, I can't give advice to 30 million people. 
yeah. or 200 million people. I, but I can give advice to you. I could say, well, Heath, if this is what I, if I were you, this is what I would do. So if I was writing a book to Heath, the, the, there are just certain things that I would tell you. Now it happens that if I point the water gun at you and there's somebody standing nearby, I'm going to get them wet too. <laughs> so it's going to impact the people around you. True. True that. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, we're going to talk in visuals. <laughs> so if I, <laughs> so I'm going to impact other people too. And the advice isn't going to be as perfect or specific for everyone, but it's going to fit mostly. Yeah. I, Which I, is I, why I say my books are guides, not Bibles, right? Use what works for you and discard what yeah, doesn't work I, and then I go find them. I mean, that's my right. I didn't take writing classes either, except for like general stuff in college. But I honestly was always writing like I, like I was thinking and talking to somebody. And, and I started noticing when I would send it over to people to edit, cause I just, I'm not good at the editing side. They'd send it back to me and it would just be so like, like, did I just, did this just come from an English teacher? And I'm like, no. And I just change it back to the way I had it because it was so much better. And then I started reading your books and was like, Oh, you can write this way. Like you can write in this style. It works perfectly well. Surely there's other people that like to read it that way. Um, and so then I quit using those types of editors because they were those NYU, you know, journalism major types. And yes. And some people are very much into that. And so the editors that I have found now are the ones that keep my voice, but <laughs> help me not to have one run long, one run on sentence that actually could be eight sentences. <laughs> so <laughs> Because I just keep talking and talking and talking and, talking and then they, I get the idea and like, boom. And I will literally now write, okay, ladies, how's that for a long run on sentence? Go. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> have fun with this paragraph, everybody. <laughs> right? So I just keep it, I keep it fun for everybody in the process. I didn't realize I was doing it before. Editors are really great because when you have the right editors, if they can keep your voice and the essence of your message and how you feel and what you're thinking – and yet make it so that the reader isn't either confused or gets stopped. Yeah. Right? I'm a big fan of the dash dash. And my editors are like, but every time you have a dash dash, it halts the reader. <laughs> it interrupts their, re their process. I do the same thing. <laughs> so, when it was, so when that was explained to me, I went, oh, okay, now that makes sense. So then what's, what's the a comma. Oh, I, I know what a comma is. I can insert the comma instead of the dash. And that actually just causes them to pause, but not in an abrupt way. I always so do the, like dot, 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 dot too. Yes. <laughs> Ipsies, dashes. Oh my gosh. So I'm always in school when I get back work from my editors. I learn every time. Yeah. The corrections because I, I have great people and they help me to improve my writing and my message and that they've also made it so I don't feel stupid because of things that I didn't know, which is also great. Right. Because so fist, I didn't go to, to them too. It comes to my, to my editors and to people who have an area of knowledge. And instead of making someone who doesn't know what they know, feel stupid, they empower them to also know that information. <laughs> You've been writing for which what, I agree. 10 years now. Has yeah. it been so yeah. what 2005 or Somewhere around there. So, right? 2004, there's there are no longer any copies on planet Earth that I know of because most of them met with a bonfire. Oh. But my first book, Tall Order, was actually my first book 
in better form because the first version of that book was actually so awful. The cover was awful. There was no editing because I didn't know about editing in 2004. There was no publishing. There was no self-publishing in 2004. If you self-published a book, you were a loser, like with with the three dimensional. Right. With the little, I had to wear like a W on my chest, like, oh, she <laughs> self-published. And I had a writer friend who basically gave me a, a, a punch to the gut that I so needed. Cause he's like, kind of like, okay. And I'm going to swear. And he goes, this is a quote. He goes, this is shit. He goes, your writing is really good, but you need an editor. Like somebody has to look at it besides you. And he's like, and what's with this cover? Like, where did this cover come from? I was like, oh, the guy I was dating did the cover. And he's like, yeah, okay. I can tell. So <laughs> Like, let me give you the name of someone for whom it is their job to design covers. Like, let's have a radical idea and make your book look professional and sound professional and read professionally inside and out. And so that mysterious first book, which shall remain unnamed to protect my innocent younger self, was republished as Tall Order, which I call my first book. But it was really kind of like one point. link to that in the in prosperity mm-hmm. for writers, right? You can download it for free. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I Honor grabbed it. I have, not, yep. I have not read it forward. yet. Yep. Well, what's, where's oh, it at? Well, it's honorayquarter.com forward slash free tall order. But yes. here's like my cool project that I'm finishing up right now. My, I am rewriting that book and I'm publishing the 10th anniversary edition, oh, revised, really? expanded, and updated. And that is really fun because it's fun for me to go back and see how far I've come as a writer. Yeah, reflect, huh? Well, oh. I'm going back and kind of closing the loop on things and reorganizing things. And then I wrote about people in that book. So I've sent them all their little snippets and I've said, okay, <laughs> what's happened in the last 10 years? Give me an update so I can update the book. So I will be releasing that book in, um, uh, Whenever we this is released, it was released in December of 2015. So Honore, that book when you first released it, was that the one that you had pre-sold like 10,000 copies of or something? Yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. that that was it, yeah. right? And you did. Yeah. I, I remember you mentioning you did seven thing, at least seven things a day, I think, to sell and promote mm-hmm. leading up to that launch. Are those mm-hmm. are those the principles in that book, or have you put those principles anywhere? Because I'd be interested in reading about those as well. You know what? I have not talked about that. However, okay, so I'll I'll tell you here first what's going on. So the <laughs> Prosperity for Writers book, which you have read, thank you. I I just am so honored that anyone is a reader, and so thank you. And so then I wrote and is am getting ready to publish the Prosperity for Writers Productivity Journal. So kind of a place to do all those exercises, and then I added in some brand new stuff. So it's not that book, just with lines to write stuff in. Cause I thought that would be rude. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, all, like, all the oh. questions that you, the homework and questions you give in there are completely, I mean, they need yeah, all to, that's they need in to there, be looked at. But then right? there's more, all that's in there, but then there's like oh, more sweet. stuff in the night. Yeah, I don't know. Cool. All new, all new prosperous writers and their stories. I asked them just five or six questions, each of them the same questions and they answer those questions. And those, those stories are in the book. But then I was uh, brainstorming and given the idea kind of in a, in a conference situation where I'm going to now write The Prosperous Writers, and then it's either going to be the mini ebook, the book of, or the guide to. And then I have a whole bunch of titles to write. So in there, it's going to be the, the Prosperous Writer's Guide to Marketing Your Book and the Prosperous Writer's nice. um, mini ebook to choosing your keywords. So I have 20 titles that I flushed out, and those will be coming out about every month or so. 
starting at the beginning of the year. Yeah, it's like Christmas all the time. You're making it all rain. the time. Well, I want I want it to be easier for people. I do not think that it is easy, but I think it can be easier. And I didn't know, for example, that choosing your keywords was really important. Making sure that your book's in the right category on Amazon and everywhere is really important. But if you don't know that a keyword is actually not just a word, it's a string of words. Mm-hmm. And I just blew somebody's mind right there. They're like, what do you mean? It's a string of words. <laughs> well, if you don't know that, then when, you, when Amazon says, what are the keywords for your book? And you've written a book on networking, you'll put like networking and then business and then comma and then development and then comma. And what you really could put is how do I develop my business through networking? That's a keyword. Yeah. So if you don't know how to do that, then you don't know how to do that. And you're missing an opportunity to launch your book correctly and market your book correctly. For example, the successful single mom paperback has been in the wrong category. And I kept asking and kept asking and kept asking. And I was selling kind of the same number of books all the time. And it's been around for six years, the book. And I finally got them to switch the category. And I sold out in 24 hours. (laughs) It just exploded. And then Amazon was mad. They were like, we're out of books. You need to ship books to us. And I was like, well, it took long enough for you to... (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, no, no words against the Zon, right? Like, they, they are, are very good to me. Um, so you just have to make sure your book's in the right category and there's the right keywords and there's a structure for a successful launch. Like, I have a book right now that comes out in eight days and it's number one in every category and it's pre-order right now. Oh! And the crowd goes wild. But if you don't know how to do that, then you just kind of like publish your book with the wrong book cover and no editing with the no wrong book keywords and the description is awful because you didn't know to get that done. And so you just kind of throw it out there and then you go, I can't make any money from self-publishing and I can't get a book deal because I'm nobody, right? And so hmm, this must not work. And that's absolutely actually not true it totally works i'm like so. extremely pumped up and excited for this you i had a tom corson knowles on this show as well and he he's yeah. really in-depth in those types of subjects also and i think did you go on his podcast uh-huh i sure yeah. did yeah awesome <laughs> you two together could make some pretty awesome brainchilds probably he's, he's got some serious strategy over there too and you guys yeah. can go back and check that episode out I think it was just 10 steps to Kindle publishing domination. I'm not sure what the number was. Wow. Um, but I want to listen to that. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I like that. You know, my, my hashtag is global domination. So <laughs> I think I'll go yeah. check that out. <laughs> I, Absolutely. So it's knowing what to do and when to do it and how to do it. So the prosperous writers book series, right? And I only thought I was ever going to write prosperity for writers. As a matter of fact, before April, before I went to a conference, I didn't know I was going to write prosperity for writers. So now it's going to be in a series. You did that fast, huh? That's crazy. Well, I just, um, I have a heart for people and I was listening to this kind of anthem that artists have about you're going to be a starving something or other, right? Starving musician, starving writer, starving artist. And I just don't believe that that's true. And I think it's one part knowing the right people, knowing the right Mm -hmm. things, and being really good at your craft. And all of that is possible for any person. Because I was born, you know, I'm a farm girl from Ohio. So if I can do it with no college (laughs) education and no writing class, and I can figure it out, then 
then so can you. And so I was literally compelled to write Prosperity for Writers and compelled to write the journal. And then when someone said, boy, this mindset piece has totally changed my life. It's completely changed my life. I've quit my job. I'm living into what I want to do. I'm a full-time prosperous writer now. That just makes me more excited than anything else. I keep forgetting that we're both from Ohio. (laughs) Ah, yes. Well, we try to block it out. (laughs) Not not that there's anything wrong with that. It's very funny because I have people who subscribe to my various lists from all over the world. And most recently I had someone subscribe from the little town where my mother is from and the town where my husband is from in Louisiana. So it's just kind of funny because I was like, hi, and I don't, he didn't know the guy and I didn't know the gal, you know, we, but we're different generations, I guess, but just kind of funny. Like you just never know. Yeah. Well, I, I love your know. new so book. Ohio, because <laughs> I think we might have talked about that on the last episode and got in trouble. We're like, we love you, Ohio. But, love you, Ohio. Uh, yeah. It, it th- this book is it's it's not a wake up, create an outline of your book, reread the outline, rearrange the sections, go eat and shower, come back, analyze the first draft, flow, blah blah. It's not that type of book. I would love to see you, and it sounds like you are working on some more direct but you're breaking it down by section to make it easier for people to digest, which, which is going to be incredible. But this book, it's about how you can organize your brain and mindset to really maximize the action you take to make a prosperous living from writing. And I'm at position A, right? And I want to go and make writing a section of my life that can create money, and I will get there. And this is the type of stuff that you have to have ingrained in your head uh, to be able to get to that point. I mean, it's it really is an anchor and it addresses the much bigger picture, the mindset and the lifestyle that you have to have to create unlimited abundance in writing. So you can go home and you can do that little booty shake and you can fist pump every night knowing that the stars are aligning. first doing like network marketing before you started writing did what was your mindset about money and abundance like back then um a work in progress (laughs) needing to be needing attention (laughs) like for somebody out there who's doing something like that i mean I, i was just thinking that when i was reading something that you had written the other day i don't remember which where it was it might have been on your blog and i was like i wonder what because I always think about that from a perspective before I started making money, and I'm just curious about what your take on that was. I think that every single aspect of success starts in the mind first. And so if you want to know how you're doing, just pull open your checkbook and see what the balance is. And that'll give you a good indicator of where you might need to do some work on yourself. And the good news is that there is good news. <laughs> Right. The, the good news is there is good news and that good news is 
you have control over what you think, say, and do. And none of that costs money. To, to do the work Ooh, on yourself yeah. is not something you have to go somewhere and pay someone or something. You can begin to change your thoughts and then you change your outer world by changing your inner world. And so there's a there's a reason it's the book that is number one in every category is The Miracle Morning for Network Marketers with Hal Elrod Ooh, and Pat Petrini and me. Big Hal. Yep. Yeah, Big Hal. And um I'm not even sure he knows, right? So <laughs> <laughs> he's off he's preparing for his best year ever event, which is in early December in San Diego. And so it is in it's December, been, that's right. Yeah. Pat. Yes, Pat and I are just leading the charge because um, we're both network marketers training and, and by background. Um, Hal's event? Oh, gosh, he'll shoot me for not knowing off the top of my head. I remember last year it was awkward. Uh, the first. It it's like the 4th, 5th, and 6th, the 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th in December. Um, so that book is, is um, number one, and part of what we talk about in there is mindset right? You have to believe. And so this, I always start everything with what is it that you want? And do you believe that you can have it? Do you believe you can deserve it? And once you commit to it, then you're kind of good to go. It'll, it'll show up. It might take a little while because it's not instant popcorn, right? Or instant coffee. It's something that you have to work at, but you will start to see the results PDQ when you shift your mindset. So I always start with, what do you think? What are you thinking about? And if you look at someone who is making money as a writer or making money in network marketing or making money in business or sales or whatever they're doing and you resent them, then you won't be like them. And you don't necessarily want to be like them in terms of their personality or their methods or even their um, their integrity. But you maybe want their bank account. <laughs> yeah. So you can't. You can't disregard or look with disdain at someone who is doing well and expect to do well yourself. So you have to you have to start by recognizing. And I saw Susie Orman actually talk about this today. She said if you she was doing purse like um, Rachel Ray today, she was taking people's purses and she's like, if your purse and your car are a hot mess, then so is your bank account, so is your financial life. <laughs> And she's like, you know, how one thing is is how everything is. And I think that that's very true. So being organized and being purposeful and being intentional and believing that you can is fundamental to actually achieving that. And so when I say to someone, you know, what if you want to be a full-time writer, okay, then that's absolutely possible for you. Because I think writers generally are, are like, they must write right? They are compelled to write. And so that's not, that's not the thing that's getting in your way. It's whether you think that all writers starve. Yeah. <laughs> if you think all writers starve, except for the people that don't starve, that are famous writers who make lots of money, then unless you think that you're one of them, which you don't, or you would be one, then you, uh, then by default, you believe you must fall into this starving artist, starving writer category. But if for just a minute we can just open the door just a smidge to the possibility that if you thought the right way and you did all the right things that you too could be a prosperous writer, then it's really kind of right around the corner. Yeah, and you're talking about just being aware of others that are doing it and kind of adapting, which obviously you touch on Boa in the book quite often. Oh, no. <laughs> and I always, I always think like, you know, you always see BOGO, like the buy one, get one off or whatever. Yeah. And now like 
now every time I see Bogo, I just think Bolo. <laughs> and I start looking Bolo. around like, and you know what I started doing, Honoré? I, once I read that, I have a re- I have like a little red journal and every single night I write down every win for the day and anything that happened that made me aware of abundance. And it, I will go for, I'll write for like 30 minutes and have like five pages of like one liners. And it gets more and more every day because you start to mm-hmm. be more aware of all these different opportunities and things that are around. Uh, and that's pretty awesome. Like I, I, it makes my night, like right before I go to bed, it just, it just puts your mind in the right place for when you want to wake up in the morning and Bolo all over the place. Bolo. Bolo. <laughs> Uh, should we tell everybody what that is? Or yeah, I, think, I think we should. <laughs> Sorry, you have to buy the book, everybody. Shameless <laughs> plug. No, BOLO stands for be on the lookout for. And my recommendation is, um, here's my advice, right? I believe that you will find what you're looking for. So my advice is to look for what you want to find. The very first time I started doing this was when I was single. I was a single mom and I'm thinking, well, nobody wants to be with a single mom. And then I just thought, I'm just going to look for instances of men who love their women, mm-hmm. of men who love their wives, of men who love their girlfriends and who cherish them and think that they're wonderful. I'm just going to look for instances of that. And all of a sudden, it just start, those started popping up. And I thought, I'm going to look for instances of that for me, people who think that I'm cool. And it wasn't long after that that I met my current husband. So in the book, I recommend that you look for every instance of abundance that you see. So if you see an abundance of traffic or rain or sunshine or whatever, whatever instances of abundance you see, and then look for instances of artists, writers, musicians, painters that are making an abundance of money from their art and what they're creating and look for abundance, instances of abundance in your life where you're making money. And so the more you look for it, the more you're going to find it. Is there a way to, do you manage when you look, do you just notice and accept and kind of absorb it? Or is it something that you log? Uh, Is there a way to take those different instances and use them to your advantage um, in a way like, I don't know, journal them down or something like that? Kind of like what I do with my Yeah. So in the prosperity, in the productivity journal, I recommend that you write down all of those instances of abundance that you see and then keep a list of um, instances of abundance that, that you're experiencing in your life. It's very easy. It's very easy for me to say I've been sick three times this year instead of saying, well, out of 40 weeks, I've been healthy for 38 and a half of them. Right. No one ever says I've been happy for, I've been happy and healthy for 38 weeks this year. (laughs) Just go, I've been sick for a week and a half. (laughs) I've had seven sick days, not 300 (laughs) health days. Right. So the point is, is like to turn, turn the beat around everybody and start focusing on what you want more of. Yeah. No more poopy pants cry baby. Well, and, and so that doesn't get you anywhere. Right. I, I just saw this great, movie Bridge of Spies with Tom Hanks. Did you oh, see this movie? No, I haven't. How was it? Okay. It's yeah. really good. But in Tom there, is, he Tom's is... Tom's definitely spends, a gangster. T- Tom, is, Tom is top shelf for sure. And in the movie, he's a defense attorney for this supposed Russian spy. And he's like, and if this happens, this is going to happen. If this happens, this is going to happen. He looks at this old man who's the, you know, who's on trial. And he says, you don't seem to be upset by your predicament. Like, you don't seem to be concerned. And the old man looks at him and goes, would it help? (laughs) 
(laughs) (laughs) And so that was kind of like the running retort in the movie. Like the response in the movie was, you know, anytime he would say, you know, are you worried about this? He would go, would it help? (laughs) He was very calm. So now like, you know, I've, I've been trying to take a lesson from that in the whole two weeks since I saw the movie, but it's kind of like, are you upset? Would it help? (laughs) Not really. Okay. If it's not going to help, I'm not going to do it. So if, if, if the circumstances that you're living under are not ideal, getting all wrapped around the tree and upset about them is not going to help. But getting excited about what you're creating, that can help you. Yeah, and yeah. boloing, being on the lookout for whatever it is that you want, even if someone else has it, is an, is an instance that it can happen for you. Bolo. Bolo. I do that while throwing elbows. Okay. So you can actually take that to situations too, right? Because, I mean, you, you talk in the book, a lot about blessing your situation, which also kind of uh, tweens off stuff that Hal teaches in the Miracle Morning and just the fact that mm-hmm. you can't change situations, but you can make the best of them. And in the way that you put it, it's more like bless your situation, bless any situation and accept it and move on and take the best from it. That I'm telling you that that single tool like that, if you can, if you can work that into anything throughout your day, even if it just starts with thinking about it one time a day, it is insanely powerful. Like it really mm-hmm. is. Uh, it, it's a big anchor in kind of being able to stay calm like that guy, you know, just would it help? I don't know. I'm just going to bless it. Regardless. Would it help? I don't know, sure. but I'm going to bless it. And, yeah. and, and not in the Texas way that they say it down here, like bless her heart. Kind of like, oh dear. <laughs> bless <laughs> that more little girl's blood. heart. Yeah, bless her. She's just doomed to life of I don't know what. Anyway, so, um, but I mean it in the way of when you say a blessing over your food. Yeah. You know, thank you for this. Thank you for this food that I'm about to receive and bless the food and bless, bless the situation that you want to increase and bless the situation that you feel like needs to be kind of going in a completely different direction. And just that one act, it's, and I'm not, I don't know why it works. Like, I don't know why electricity works. I just know that when I need to blow dry my hair, plug in my blow dryer and my hair gets dry. Right. So I'm not (laughs) sure why blessing works. And it's not about being religious or spiritual. It's just about when, when you see evidence of something that is not the way that you want it, whether it makes you angry or frustrated or whatever, you can say, you know what, I'm just going to take a minute. I'm going to bless this situation that the, the, the most amazing and highest thing for all concerned comes out of this. Yeah. And I'm going to bless my book sales <laughs> so that they increase. And I'm going to bless your book sales, right? And just bless every situation. And when something isn't working the way I want to, it, and I am human, so I have to remind myself, oh, wait, what page is that? <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? Because <laughs> I have my cranky pants on from occasion, you know, on occasion as well. And so if I don't like something, I just say, you know, let me just take a minute and bless the situation and put some good energy into it and on it and then let the powers that be handle it. Yeah. And when you take all these in the book, you show how to take all these and use them to your advantage as a writer and you get into fame, which Mm -hmm. that's probably a long explanation uh, since it's broken down into so many categories. Is it possible to do that in a nutshell? I don't know if it is or not. Sure. So fame is not getting famous, right? It, it's not the fame that you think. Each of the letters in the word it's fame better. stands for something. Yes. It's better. They stand yes, for more than one I thing. Say, <laughs> dare I say they? Right. Each you one have like, of them you have like stands. Like hundred A's, 
400 M's. No, not that many, but there's some, <laughs> right? But <laughs> so F, one of the F's is focus. So it's very funny because I have a, a friend of mine who um, does the notes from Minnesota podcast oh. and she's a cancer survivor and she used to say she had a black heart so she didn't believe in all this woo-woo stuff and so she didn't want to read my book because it had the word prosperity in it. Oh. <laughs> and so she calls me and she says, okay, I didn't want to read your book but I gave my word and so I made myself write it and it changed my life. She said, I no longer have a black heart. She said, that, but I thought it was awesome. going to... I thought it was going to be all this woo-woo stuff. And I said, if you've ever met me for more than 10 seconds, you know that my middle name is Practical Susie. Like practical practices, mm -hmm. right, for prosperity. It's not the woo-woo stuff. I don't think you should sit in your house and say affirmations only. I think you should say affirmations because you need to say good words. But you also need to um, do the practical stuff. So one of the practical actions is focus. Sit down and write the words. Like yeah. there's no other way the words get written other than if you write them and how you're right. You write them. Your mechanism for writing them could be dictating them. Have you or, seen I it's called I L Y S. I don't know how you pronounce that. Is that like Eileys mm -mm. or mm -mm. I L Y com? It's this. So my, I don't know if you know, Paul Kemp. He does the app guy podcast. Um, uh -huh, I did that show. Yeah, I think, yeah, that might've been. I think I might have connected you to him last time we talked. But anyways, his Maybe. his him and another guy put this out and it's a writing program that pretty much says goodbye to writer's block and what it does is it's really really cool. So you basically just put in the number of words you want to write and then your screen goes black and it only shows you one giant letter at a time and you can't backspace until your letters are done. So in, until you get to your goal, which maybe it's 500 words, you can't see what you've typed. And oh. it's complete distraction free and you don't get to be done until you hit your 500 words. And it just shows you one big letter at a time as you type it. And I love it. Like it's taken care of so many of my problems and it makes, it makes writing seem so much faster and it's got like a progress bar at the top. So it's like, Oh, I'm halfway to my 500 words. I can see it moving and you feel like you're being productive and it's, I don't know. It's pretty cool. I That's you might, cool. Yeah. I'll post a link in the show notes for that as well. But it's ilys.com. Okay. okay. For anybody who wants to check that out. That's um, awesome. And I, and I think, like, do you think that's because people have it? If, if you're like me, I'll write and then I want to go back and change sentence structures and I want to fix spelling mistakes and things like that. And that can throw off your thought process. And I think the reason for this is, is to wean you off of that. Um, so you can't do that until you're actually going back and reading through the draft, which is how it should be. Probably. Right. Well, one of the things I say in the book is that you should be okay with a dirty first draft. Yes. Like they're ugly. They're, they're awful. Right. And I remember I, um, I have ghostwritten two books and will only ever ghostwrite two books unless someone comes at me with like the fattest check I've ever seen in person. <laughs> <laughs> did you really do it? That's great. I didn't it's, know you did that. It's a, it's a lot of work. It's yeah. a lot of work to ghostwrite a book because to write in someone else's voice is such a different um, situation. <laughs> anyway, um, I remember when they said, Hey, can you just send over what you have so far? And I was like, Nope, <laughs> Nope. <laughs> because I know how ugly a first draft is. And so if I'd given the first draft, they might've been like, Oh, we got to fire her and find someone good. <laughs> right. But writers know that 
that once once you kind of get into the practice of it, you know that the first draft that you write is ugly. And so not trying to write that first draft is like, just get the words out. And I still have to stop myself because I'll like today, I was writing something that said, when you, when you put these practices into practice, right, which is, you know, you can't have a redundant word like that. You want it to say something nicer than that. Then I said, you will, um, you will be amazed and proud of how much shit you can get done. So of course I'm going to change that sentence but that's the first draft. Like that was the first thing that came to mind and I didn't want to break my thought. Yeah. I didn't want to yeah, break exactly. my, the flow of my thought, but it was basically I'm giving you these two multiplier strategies and when you add them to your life, you're going to tr- double or triple your productivity. So but put them into your life and then you're going to be proud of yourself because there's there's nothing that makes us more proud of ourselves than when we have this to-do list and writing on repeat for a while because we haven't been getting it done, but the things are still important. Mm-hmm. And once you start crossing those off, we feel proud of ourselves for, for crossing them off the list. So there's nothing like that feeling of getting all that shit done, right? So I was like, but I have to come up with a, you know, a more creative and, and appropriate word. But that's, that's the first draft. So I, I wouldn't just go, okay, well, it wasn't perfect on the first go. I'm not going to send it out. Or I'm, and I'm not going to sit here and try to come up with a more eloquent way to say that right now. Yeah. I'm just going to get the thought out and then I can go back and do a rewrite. And then I can send it to my editors and they can say, gee, Honore, do you think that we could have a little, you know, a little less snark and sarcasm and a little more? <laughs> I, love the, I love the sarcasm. Right. Well, I leave it in there because that's part of my personality, but I take out some of the things that that might turn someone away and and have not be so uh, open to my message, if that makes sense. So if you're someone who feels like you have to edit every sentence and make it correct, there's a time for that. And that's what editors are for. That's what your advanced readers are for. That's what your your people are for is to help you take those rough first words and make them into something that everyone will want to read. Honore, are you a are you an outliner? Like do you do you outline? What's your method for brainstorming your writing ideas? It depends on what I'm writing about. So I could give you kind of like the next book in the queue process. Yeah, I'm just what I'm doing like in general because I'm I'm not a pantser. So that so in writing, there's the plotter yeah. and the pantser. I don't just sit down and start writing because I write at this time only nonfiction. Mm-hmm. So because I come up with my avatar, that who am I writing to, and then the question I ask myself is, what do they need to know, and in what order do they need to know it? Oh, yeah, that's interesting. So I'm writing a book. You're so smart. No, thank you. Well, I, I, it was, I'm logical, logical and pragmatic, uh, also known in some circles as boring. <laughs> right? Like, no, what, so what I read somewhere, someone, no good story starts with I had a salad. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It's like, oh, I had too much to drink. And then, <laughs> right? It's like, oh, I had a salad with some avocado, and then you won't believe what happened next. Right? So, so. Anyway, um, my strategy is to impart knowledge and wisdom and experience based on my own life and hope that that's helpful. 
So I'm writing a book called, so I wrote, if divorce is a game, these are the rules, which is about the before, during, and immediately after divorce, that whole, like, what do you do? Right. The triage. And then I recently decided to write the book, The Divorce Phoenix, Rising from the Ashes of Your Heartbreak. And that's really about the transformation that someone goes through when they go through a divorce and all of the amazingness that comes after. How, how do you write so many books in such a quick amount of time? Well, I've, I've built a muscle. Yeah. So it's kind of like saying to um, any writer, how do you uh, run so fast? Well, the first day they were running, they probably walked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? for sure. But now I, can't, I have my process down. Yeah, and I you've shared one of your lists with me, which is kind of an action step, which I thought it might have popped up in Prosperity for Writers, um, in, at least a generic form of it, which is your step process of going from writing your book all the way to publishing it, I think, and getting it out there in the network, which is really cool. And you have just massive amounts of information in your head that's amazing. And like the SDMA 100-day plan, that is incredible. And I think the 1% mm-hmm. rule is incredible and people can learn more about that in, in the vision to reality book. And I think you actually, do you include that in the prosperity for writers course also? Do you do STMA in that? Um, sort of. So in the course, I, mm, I'm not sure actually. It stands for short term massive action. Just for everybody else. Yeah, so the short-term massive action is my 100-day coaching program. I decided on 100 days because I didn't like math. So most people set quarterly goals or annual goals, which are either 90 days, 89 days, 92 days, or 365 days. And that would involve multiplication and division and who has time for that. So (laughs) I just decided. It just makes so much sense, you know? 20 years ago, I wanted to make $100,000 in 100 days, and I had to make $1,000 a day, and it was really easy. And so I've just kind of gone gone with that. I kind of t- took that horse and rode it, right? Was it really easy to make and so that's my process. a day or to uh, track yeah. it 1% every day? Both, whatever. <laughs> take it. Take a goal and break it down so that you're making, you're you're increasing your production or reaching that goal of one person a day, and it's easy to keep track of it. Whether you do it or not, it's a whole other. Oh man, whole other I want to make a thousand dollars a day. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's your there's your hundred day plan. There's goal number one. <laughs> I'm all for and it. And then it's doing whatever you have to do, right, in order to get those results and adjusting mm-hmm. throughout yeah. the hundred days. So, do I did I put that in? in prosperity for writers. No. And honestly, I did not, I wrote prosperity for writers and I said, look, this is not how to write your book, how to outline your book, how to get your book published, how to do your keywords that has been done and has been done well by other people. What other people have not done is put it in bite-sized chunks so that if someone wants to know, I, I know, I, I know all these other things. I don't know about keywords, but which book is it in? And how many books do I have to redefine who has, given me information on keywords, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to break that down. I ordered a couple of those but other I, books you mentioned, and they are big. Okay. They're real big. Yeah, they're like, they're reference, they're references, yeah. and they're all very good. I've read them all. I read any book on self-publishing that comes out, I read them, and now most of them are written by people that I know. They're my friends. They're my peers, and so I get them ahead of time. And that's so that's awesome. really cool. And then I can recommend 
those books, right? Like Kevin Tomlinson wrote the 30 day author and Monica Leonel has got the prose on fire series of the eight minute writing habit and dictate your book. And I mean, she just has all these amazing books that are just, you know, those little reference books of like, here's what you need to know in order to get that done. So I'm going to put my take on some of that stuff and, and come at it from my angle. But I think, if you want to be a prosperous writer, one of the things that you have to do is study writing, study the business of writing. So be really good at writing and then be really good at the marketing piece of writing and really know writing. And so study everything that you can get your hands on. I'm I'm looking forward to it 100%, Honoré. I can't wait till they come out. And, and the last thing I wanted to talk to you about with this book is tithering and saving. Um, you you kind of distilled some universal principle in my head that, mm. you know, I've always thought and I've always tried to give as much as I have and as much as I could or I thought that I could, right? But I never thought universally giving 10% of what you actually have coming in and then really keying into how it comes back from the universe. And it really is a universal principle that works. And coincidentally, at the same time, I was reading 29 Gifts by Cami Walker. Have you ever read that? No. She has... This is a this is a lady who had MS and she thought the world was coming down on her and one of her mentors had suggested that she give away 29 things for 29 days and the book is like her journey on doing that and just the magic that happens when she does it. And I got that book and started reading it and so I decided to start my own campaign and at the same time I'm learning about tithering from you so I kind of combined the two but you basically give away 29 gifts one per day and you journal about it. And some of the most amazing things ever happen. Like they really do. And and things do come back to you. And, and I've had some insanely magical things come back to me, but I want to tell you about one that's funny because you it's just it's just ridiculous that this happened. So the first day I kind of paired it with one of my goals was to get rid of like all my liquor because I just needed it out so it wasn't a distraction, right? Like I've got this bar, it's my standing desk, there's all this like good scotch there. I'm like, I gotta get this out of here. So I gave it to somebody who, as a gift, you know, like 15 bottles of liquor. Uh, I know that's not like, you know, giving somebody money that they can go buy food and survive off of that kind. But it is a step for me. Like I'm giving them something and they can use it. This guy would definitely use it. And the next day I wake up and my girlfriend's mother sent me a text that was like, I've got a free keg for you. You need to come to Louisville and get it. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't know. And then later in the day, I, I met up with a customer and he he's like, here, I got you a free quart of moon you know, mountain moonshine. And I'm like, the universe wants me to be a booze hound. Like, I can't get rid of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you tried to give it away. So it came back to you. I know. And it's just crazy how that happens. And that's not that's just one example. And, I, and there has been some really touching magical stuff come from the other things that I've given away. But it's an awesome principle. It really is. And I know you really get into detail with the tithering in the book, if you want to explain shortly kind of what that is, because I don't think a lot of people know. Yeah, so tithing is Tith- the oh. practice of that's right. You can you can tither, you can tither, you can tithe. It's all good. Tithing, um, t- uh, tithing is tithing. the practice of giving okay. away ten percent of your um, income. Well, it's kind of like when I read Harry Potter, I didn't know how to say Hermione. (laughs) So I called her the wrong name for seven books until I saw a movie. So it's totally, it's all good, right? It's how you understand the practice, which is what's most important. I say that you have, and so 
tithing has a religious basis. And so some people, the minute I mention tithing, they go, <gasps> right? They're become very rigid. So hold on just for a second and let me explain that I believe it is a spiritual practice that works. It is the act of giving away what it is that you want. So so I could not find anything non-religious about tithing. It's a biblical practice, so therefore it has a religious application. However, I never took it as a religious practice. I've always been a new thought unity kind of person, which I was staying away from more traditional or conservative forms of religion for various reasons. Not that there's anything wrong with them, right? My husband's Episcopalian. I go to an Episcopal church on occasion, but it's more about the practice of giving away what you want more of. It is the act of giving away that tells your subconscious mind, we have more than enough. And as you give, you receive multiplied. So I give away 10% of my income and therefore I know that I always have more and more income coming in. But there were some people who took the Prosperity for Writers class, which is now an audio course that someone could listen to if they were so inclined. And um, yes, and I'll give you... I'll give you access to that. You'll 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 eat that right up. Um, I did it in order to write the book. Actually, I was like, let me prove my concept with actual writers. So I did a four week course, which is now available on Gumroad. And there were several people in there that were vehemently opposed to any religious practice, and I understand that. And so what I said was, pick a place to give your 10% to. What you're doing is telling your subconscious mind that you have more than enough. You're keeping the flow going. So it's not about giving it to a church. It's not about not giving it to a church, but it's about giving it away. It's the act of saying, I want more of something, so I'm going to give it away and I'm going to enact the law of giving and receiving, which everyone can understand, right? There's a law of giving and receiving. It's also known as karma, yeah. <laughs> right? however you want to look at it. And so I, I put that in there because it is so incredibly powerful. It's like a multiplier, It's like you can do all the other stuff, and if things aren't working, like the minute you start to enact the law of giving and receiving, you've given, so therefore you must receive and you will receive. So you can give it to a charity. You can give it to an organization. You can give it to where you find hope and inspiration. I actually taught a, um, when I was doing the single mom book, I actually did 100 days of coaching for single moms in exchange for their stories to write for the book. And because a lot of them were struggling financially, I was like, look, you guys, you got to start tithing. And some of them tithe to me. It doesn't matter. It's the fact that you're giving it away. And I didn't invite that. It was just like, well, you're our hope and you're giving us hope and inspiration. So I'm going to give money to you. So, and I've done that when, when someone has done that for me. So it's wherever you feel most comfortable that you can give. And then you watch it come in. So I also started doing it with five-star reviews. And so here's like the best story ever, right? Is I decided I wanted more five-star reviews. Why am I not getting more five-star reviews? And then I kind of turned the mirror on myself. And I was like, okay, sister, when was the last time you wrote a five-star review for somebody? (laughs) And I didn't have an answer to that. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm asking for something, but I'm not giving it. Hmm. Right? Where is that showing up in your life, Honoré? So I was like, okay, the next book that I read that I feel deserves a five-star review, I'm going to rate it on Amazon and I'm going to rate it on Goodreads. And I give you three guesses and the first you don't count which book it was. And you don't know. So I'm going to tell you. 
It was The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Oh, really? Who I am now business partners with, and we are just publishing the third book in the Miracle Morning book series because he saw my review. He had never looked at any of the reviews on Goodreads ever. He saw the email. He looked me up, and he said, would you like to do the Miracle Morning for single moms? And I said, sure, let's talk about it. And we got on the phone, and two hours later, he had said to me, I think you're the person I've been looking for. You have a successful book series, and I want one. (laughs) <laughs> so can we do a joint venture? Like, no kidding. Can we do a joint I, venture? I really, that's and, crazy. I feel like I might have heard that, but at the same time, I don't think I knew that at all, that that's how he found yep. you. Or you yep. Found him, that's or how he found me is because I wrote a review on Goodreads and Goodreads sent him an email and said, you have a new review. And he said, something compelled me to look you up. And then I realized that you had a book series. So I have the successful single mom book series. And so he said, how about the Miracle Morning for Single Moms? Because he was actively looking for co-authors, but he didn't have someone in place that he trusted to handle the series that had experience, right, with launching best-selling books and making sure the books got published. And he he has a rising star, and he's very busy speaking and building his career. And so he said, I think you could be kind of the advisor, project manager, you know, writer. (laughs) cat herder (laughs) for the book (laughs) series. And so we are literally right now, um, the Miracle Morning for Network Marketers is on pre-order and we have pre-sold a lot of books. (laughs) Yeah, so you did for salespeople too also, didn't you? um, We did The Miracle Morning for Real Estate Agents was the first book, Mm -hmm. 12-12 of 2014. And then the salespeople book was um, Summer of 2015 and now the miracle morning for network marketers november 10th it's so it was so and, smart to go ahead and, and niche those down a little bit yeah and so he had found the right co-authors but there is a lot that goes into making sure all of that gets done right yeah. you he needed someone who really knew and understood the book business and was organized of which you know back to that no good story starts with a salad <laughs> right <laughs> pretty organized over here. So I'm able to not only make sure that his books get published, but also make sure my books get published as well. But I would never have had any of this, right? This would never have happened if I hadn't said, gee, Honore, you better give away what you want more of. You better, you know, eat your own dog food or walk your talk or whatever you want to call it. And so like success starts with making that decision inside that if I want more of something, money, time, five-star reviews, flowers, love, then you got to give it away and then it will come back to you multiplied and, and holy cow. <laughs> no, it, it, it's crazy. Cause I really have only been doing that for two weeks and Honestly, I have like just it's not like three lines per thing. I mean, I have page after page after page of journal entries based on this amazing magical stuff that happens. Um, and I highly suggest everybody check that book out. It, it's called 29 Gifts. I think it's like I'm really, gonna, I wrote it down. <laughs> yeah, it's really cheap on it's on Audible, it's on Amazon, all that stuff. So, Honore, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. You, you are amazing. Your energy is just unmatchable. Uh, you, you pump me up. You've always pumped me up. Your reading pumps me up. And I hope that I can't wait for your new series to come out. And you already dominated Godzilla in the last interview. And since Godzilla (laughs) is civilized now and dreaming large, he wants to make money 
writing about his history of violence and confusion. So what do you think the first thing he can do right now to set a foundation for becoming the best, most prosperous Godzilla writer ever is? Um, Decide what he wants to write about. What do you want to turn around and give back? Step one. Step one. 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 It reminds me of, uh, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to get into a song there. I like it. I was, I was, I was on the edge of my seat. Step by step. So. (laughs) Ooh, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Now we know what generation I'm from. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Where can, where can all these weenies listening get a hold of your book? And weenies is not, in not an offensive way. But get a hold of this that. book and all your other ones. Where's your hub, Honoré? Um, Amazon.com right now. So honorequarter.com is my website. So they can go there. If they go to honorequarter.com forward slash writers, they can get two free chapters of Prosperity for Writers and get kind of on the list of and be in the know of the stuff yeah. about the writing. If they're not writers and, and, they, uh, and the listeners are people who are into motivation and being their best, then they would probably want to go to honorayquarter.com forward slash free tall order. Like we mentioned earlier and get a copy of that book. And And that's like the place to start. Yeah. And then vision to reality is there. And there's, you know, I just have stuff. I just have all kinds of stuff. You get some, some new stuff out there. And I'm always like, "Hmm, there's stuff there's there. And there's always new stuff. These books, they (laughs) turn from, they turn from white to yellow really quick. Mm. Uh, the whole thing, but I've got an orange highlighter now, so so you're going big orange nice. country soon. I like it. I yeah. like it. And all my books are on Audible too. I have great narrators for both. I didn't know the single books. Yeah, they're all Audible, and so Prosperity for Writers is in production right now, and so my narrator will be really excited that she has like 18 books to do next year, so she'll <laughs> keep her very busy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, cool. Well, Honoré, you you are incredible, and everybody out there, it is 100% possible. Uh, you can turn your vision to reality. You can fist pump. You can wake up and walk outside and smell the air knowing that your day is under your control. You can give back to the universe, and the universe will give back to you. Break the rules, but first break the rulers. And Honoré, thank you so much for coming on and being the Archerpreneur now. And I know you know how to keep it super fun for sure. I do. And thank you for having me. This is, I've, I've never laughed so hard in a podcast ever. You're the best. <laughs>There you go, there I go, there we go, there you have it. Another episode, 115 in the books. Show notes again, artsynow.com forward slash 115. I highly recommend getting on Amazon and checking out some of Honoré's books. Vision to Reality, Prosperity for Writers. She has a bunch more, too, that you might be interested in. It's amazing to me the different types of subjects that she covers and how all over the board they are. She's brilliant, and thank you so much for listening through this episode all the way through. I really appreciate it. It means the world to me that you all give me your attention and the guests that come on here, uh, that you give them your attention and that they give us their attention as well because we wouldn't have an amazing built-out podcast if it wasn't for you or them. And I'm honestly humbled 
and just so thankful for the opportunity that, that I've had with everybody here. For everybody that's been here from the start, you are amazing. Um, 115 episodes later, I, I just don't know what to think. It's like you blink your eyes and you get from point A to point B and you're not really sure how it happened, but all sorts of awesome magic carpet rides along the way. Please reach out to me at createdartsynow.com. I want to hear from all of you. And I just hope that you can all remember that life is just too short to not be happy. So whatever you're thinking of doing, whatever voice inside of you is leading you to do something amazing with your life, something that really triggers your passion, just do it and remember that life is just too short not to be happy. Don't wait because you might not ever get the chance. This is Heath Armstrong, and this is The Archpreneur Now, and I hope you have a fantastic week, weekend, year, life. Love you all. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Archpreneur Now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music, well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out. Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.